Hey, everybody, Mike Shope, Adam Crotworth, the Deep End Dynasty Edition, coming your way Thursday nights. We're recording Thursday morning, so it's live on tape this week. I have plans tonight. They do they do hinge on my being able to make my Ticketmaster account work. And holy Good cow, luck. is that ever is that ever the boomer zone? I am just I, I you don't even want to know. It's bad. Tune into WGR and maybe you'll get an update on that because I've been known to flip out when it comes to this one subject. <laughs> we'll get you what you came here for, though. Quarterback movement, it's been massive this week in the NFL. We'll talk about the combine and I think a good conversation about what to do with your rookie picks. We're all kind of eager for our draft, but we have to have the NFL draft first to know who's going where. Does that mean we can't do anything now? No. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, Thanks for being with us. This is The Deep End. The short answer is that I get the tickets on my computer, but not my phone. And I'm just not making that phone call to get that fixed. I'm just not. I mean, the, the help <laughs> the help screen is just takes forever. And I don't, I don't know. I, I still, I, I get to a point where I just don't want to go into the building and I get all like angry. I don't blame you. I definitely don't blame you there. Yeah. Can I just have a is ticket, please? I is it worth it over over a Sabres game, though? I mean, you don't want to get all f- fired up. No, and that's how I felt the last time. I'm like, I just won't go, whatever. Right. But tonight it's my family and it's clients, and so I'm not going to – that's that's not, that's not where I end up tonight. But, you know, I'll get that's you an right. update. So what a, week at, what a week in the NFL. Russell Wilson at him first. I mean, that did happen. He, he is out of Seattle. And in Denver, I mean, there's a lot to like skill position-wise – how much of a boost in terms of dynasty uh, does Russell Wilson have as you see it? Yeah, I think he, um, I think he stays kind of the same. He gets a little, little bit of a boost. I think the weapons are, are very similar, Judy and Sutton to Lockett and DK Metcalf. Um, but I think his, his attitude, some, you know, there were some rumors that he may have checked out last year. Obviously nobody, nobody runs the ball less than Seattle does. So coming there, uh, Nathaniel Hackett's the head, head coach, you know, Seattle had the 20th uh, pass rate in the NFL, 56%. Um, Denver, I mean, Denver has a whole new co- coaching staff, right? So they got Hackett there. He, uh, for Green Bay, they threw 58% of the time. So even just those two percentage points uh, can mean a lot to, uh, as far as um, passing volume and, and stuff like that. And it's all about, you know, get game script too. So he's going to be, they're going to be in shootouts with the Chargers. They're going to be in shootouts with the with the Chiefs. So, um, I, I I like if I had Russell Wilson on the Seahawks and I still have him. He's on the Broncos. I like that situation better. Um, so um, I would not be looking to sell him. Um, I would only be looking to hold or trade for him. But I wouldn't give up a ton for him because he's you know thirty three. Right, I agree. It's it's an uptick for him. The, the Broncos have the personnel to do whatever they want on offense. I mean, I think they'll probably run the ball plenty. Uh, because they have Williams and maybe even Gordon again, but at least Williams, I mean, he's an investment, and those receivers have all been investments. They trade Fant, and Okwebunum is somebody who's interesting in Dynasty. He might get the biggest boost from this trade with Fant out of the way. I mean, people already had Judy and had Sutton, and now it's it's not exactly the right time to trade for them. But, you know, maybe trading 
one of those guys away is something you could do well in if people are really excited about the Wilson trade and see Sutton or Judy now on the Metcalf level, then, you know, that might be a chance you take. There are two of them. It's yet to happen. Uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think you have to think like that, but I could see, I could see that being an option for you. But in terms of Wilson, if you have Wilson, good for you. I mean, this was a, this was a good development. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, it was a good development. Um, and it's interesting too. Like I see Judy very much, very similar to Metcalf. I'm sorry, to Lockett as far as like, you know, skill set and that shorter underneath routes and, and Judy, I think Judy's probably a little bit better um, of a, of a prospect at least. And mm-hmm. then people forget how good Sutton is. Sutton's a good, he's big deep ball, jump ball type type guy. You know, he was, he got injured a couple of years ago. He worked his way back last year, no quarterbacks, so to speak. And Sutton was unstartable like the last six weeks of last season. I remember I had him on a, on a pretty big team. I think I had him on my three K and I eventually just couldn't even start him. Uh, because once Judy got back, you know, Bridgewater just wasn't, wasn't throwing it to th- that way. But now again, I think this whole team's going to be re- rejuvenated. I mean, these are two or were two of the most frustrating NFL offenses in the league. I mean, in the league last year, both of them, Seattle yeah. played so slow and you have Wilson who can run and as good as Metcalf and Lockett can be, and just didn't really amount to very much usually. And their, their pace was just incredible. Like they just, kind of a relic that that offense last year for what you see in the NFL now. And Denver was so maddening too with like, you made the point about Sutton, all that talent. He had Javante Williams. He never really got the full workload of course with, with Gordon there. And like everybody was kind of a disappointment uh, yes. with how that played out. So that, that could be very different now. And I would think that they want it to be, but still be willing to go with balance and to use Williams who was impressive as a rookie. So that's Wilson. The Wentz trade in Dynasty, you know now that Wentz, I mean, probably Adam, is going to play. Before this trade, we it felt like Indianapolis wanted to be out of him, but could they trade him? Would there be another team that wanted to take that chance? And if you had Carson Wentz in Dynasty, what could you do? I mean, you right. weren't going to, you'd have to give him away, and there's no point in doing that. So I think if you have a hole, and you might because of their, all these changes that are we're in the middle of at the position, then picking up Wentz, I mean, it's something now we know we have more certainty on him, so it's not something you can just do for free. But I, I do feel like even though it wasn't a first-round pick, he's Washington's quarterback in 22. Oh, at, absolutely. Um, and I think it's it's interesting. Like It's not even about Wentz anymore. Like, you know, who's actually starting Wentz unless they're in a super flex Right. Like it's more about to me when quarterbacks change teams, it's about, you know, what does it do for the players around them? What did it do for the players that they left? You know, I had I had a lot of early Michael Pittman. Um, so that I'm not happy about that because they don't have, you know, what are they what are they gonna do? They're they gotta do something. They're not I don't think they have a first round pick in, in Indy there. Um, you know, the, the quarterbacks are running thin now in free agency and the trade options. So we'll see what they do there, but Pittman might be in big and big trouble, um, but yeah, going to Washington. I mean, I think it gives them a nice. I think it gives Terry McLaurin and those guys a higher floor. Gibson higher floor, um, and even their ceiling I think is a little bit higher too. It just gives them maybe some consistency of having a a veteran NFL quarterback. You know, I don't know where Wentz is mentally. That's the thing. Like this is his what third team now in three years, and 
And it's just, um, you know, but hopefully they clearly wanted him. They went out and they got him. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I think I like this for Terry, Terry McLaurin for sure. And if you have McLaurin, I think you definitely hold him still. And maybe you can even trade for, for McLaurin. I, he would be a trade target for me now as long as people aren't asking too, too much for him. Um, and I, I know you love Diami Brown. How do, how do you feel about this? I forgot about Brown. I'm more ready to talk about Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, yeah. But, you know, Brown is going into year two, and who knows what's – behind rookies who just really don't produce at all have their coaching staff lost faith in them or whatever, but there's still a little bit of a pulse there. I think, you know, I, I like this maybe a little more than you do for the Washington receivers. And this is only our second episode deep end dynasty. But if we were on say like four or five weeks ago and got to Washington, I would have, and I've I've acted this way. uh, I would have been, pushing for trading for, for those guys, McLaurin, because right now that unknown worries the typical dynasty player, fantasy player. You just don't know. And you have that with several teams. What you do know is that McLaurin really is good. And also that Washington was going to do something. I mean, there was, it's all pretty recent, but the report that they made a big offer for Wilson, who they might have if Wilson had been willing to play for them. Well, that probably gets done because it sounded like maybe a better offer. So they were, you know, looking hard at that position. And that's that was likely to be good for those guys. There's so much negativity about Wentz that you still might be in the same place as you kind of said, where McLaurin and I think Samuel, I've been drafting Samuel like everywhere in, in start in startups and in redraft, you know, because what is that, the 14th round? Yeah. I mean, he's actually just wasn't healthy and it's not a different coaching staff, but it's a coaching staff that went out and got him and even had him in Carolina. Yep. So I still think that's a, a smart idea. It's cheaper than last year. Wentz, I mean, there are big plays. I mean, Indianapolis's passing offense wasn't much. Taylor was so good. So you don't have evidence really there. But Wentz is kind of reckless, and that, that can mean some potentially big days or you know big scores in fantasy. And McLaurin and maybe also – Samuel in a different way are, uh, are capable. So I'm, I'm a buy there depending, you know, I want to make, I'm not going to go crazy. It's not Denver, but I'd be interested right. in any of those guys, really Washington. And so then, then we have, unless you have more, you have more in Washington. No, no, I'm good. All right. So no trades. Aaron Rodgers didn't move. I mean, that's something that didn't happen, but can be talked about in the same kind of category. Um, same thing kind of happened last year with Devontae Adams. There was a minute there where you didn't, or more than a minute, you didn't know what was going to happen with Rodgers, and Adams slipped a little bit, but then as soon as it got resolved, went right back up and had another massive year. So there was a little bit of a moment here in the last couple of weeks where what's going to happen, now it looks like we know, and Adams is, I mean, how high for you? Dynasty is a different question than redraft, but Adams goes right back to where he was. Yeah, Adams goes right back to where he was. Um, Dynasty, yeah. I mean, he's tied to – well, he hasn't signed a big contract yet. Have they even franchised him yet? Yes. They have. Okay. Yep, so he's going to be there this this season. Great. I can't see him. I mean, Aaron Rodgers loved him. There's a story about how Aaron Rodgers called him like one day to tell him he's the best football player that he's ever that he's ever played with. And right. I think those two guys have a great rapport. I think they, they understand that their success is really tied to each other. You know, Adams needs Rogers probably a little bit more than Rogers needs these Adams, but um, I, I can't see 
Adams going any anywhere. So in Dynasty, if you can find a team that are, or, or an owner that has Adams that is nervous about the next three or four years, you can get him. Like he's going to be a top five fantasy receiver for the next three to four years. So he's a guy that if you think there's any doubt in the, in, in the owner's mind, go out, go out and snag him for, for sure. You know, with Rodgers, he's 38, 39 in December. And I'm sort of of two minds about him. Like, they gave him the massive contract. Is it likely that he's still playing at the MVP level throughout those four years? No. On one hand, Brady's success can make people a little bit more casual when it comes to quarterback age. And, like, just, hey, whatever. We've seen Brady play into his mid-40s and successfully, so that should mean anybody can do it. I'm not sure that is exactly how I'd want to look at it, but I do think as, as a dynasty player, you want to be, if you're good, you, you want to check in on the Rogers owner because especially in Superflex, because if, if there are if there's one big year there or or, or two is even better, then you might find somebody who wants to get younger. And there are so many young quarterbacks that you could, you know, pivot to that that might be a place. So if you have a, you know, a good roster in Superflex, but don't have quite quarterback where you want it, I'd be willing to go after Rodgers and, you know, hope to get maybe three years out of it. But even if I get one and then in 23, there's a there's a decline. OK, I mean, you either want to win or back up, you know, you don't want to get stuck in the middle. So. Going after Rodgers is something I'd be, I'd be open to doing. And and one more. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, too, especially with, with a guy like Rodgers, like he's going to know he is the type – he's not going to go out there and, and embarrass himself. That's my opinion. Like he's going to know when he can't sling it any, any, anymore. So I don't even think there's going to be a year. Like Ben Roethlisberger, we've known for two years that the guy just can't – like you can see. We can see it. You don't think he knew it. You know, everyone's talking about it. Like Rodgers, there's nothing. Brady, no one was saying a word about it. He was still slinging it. Rodgers is still slinging it. You know, so even if he comes back and he's 80% of what he was, you'll get that for one year and then I think he'll he'll leave. But he looks fine. Quarterbacks don't get hit like they used to. People, um, players learn more about taking care of their bodies. You know, I mean, Joe, Joe Theismann or Joe Namath was, you know, smoking cigarettes on the sidelines of the Super Bowl. Like it's a whole different... It's a whole different world now. These guys take care of themselves. And if you're not getting hit, like running backs, they retire at 28 because they get in a car accident every every game. You know, if you're a quarterback and you're not getting hit for 15, 20 years, you can play if you still still want to play. So I'm sticking with it with Rodgers. Rodgers to me is the mental thing. Like, does he even care? Like, does he want to go through it? Physically, he looks he looks great. So yeah, the the a comparison between say Rodgers and like Justin Fields or Trey Lance, rookies from last year, or Lawrence, you've got 15, 16 years in age difference. Uh, you know, I, ideally, you want that to line up in your league where the, the team with the young quarterback is building and the team with the MVP is is ready to win. It doesn't always just work out like that. And, you know, who's to say that Fields won't outperform Rodgers uh, this year? He certainly could, but you might be able to find that trade. And it's, you know, it's worth checking. What One more quarterback on my mind is Deshaun Watson. So, yeah. again, we're taping today. I doubt there's news on him today before we put this up tonight. There could be. But tomorrow, Adam, is a big day in the legal process for Watson. There was a report yesterday that Pittsburgh 
is ready to, to go after him. I mean, these teams have a monumental decision to make on him with all the baggage, but then also so much more upside than a Carson Wentz who got traded. Oh. I mean, just yeah. sky's the limit on the field. So I, I would, I would, he's going to play. I would expect there to be a trade. I would expect settlements and resolution and the suspension and all of that to come with respect to Watson, but probably he's on the field this season. And as long as you can stomach it, because some people just won't want to, just like in real football, some teams um, go get Deshaun Watson, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's man, that's uh, all we need is Watson on a, I mean, what, the AFC can't handle anymore. Okay. I mean, I know he's in the AFC now, but the Texans stink. Like if he goes to Pittsburgh, oh man, that's going to be, that's going to be brutal. Uh, but um, yeah. And, and that's what Pittsburgh and fantasy owners have to ask themselves. Is Deshaun Watson going to play again? Maybe even not this year, but maybe he has to sit out this, maybe suspended this year. Like if you're a Steelers fan or you're a fantasy d- dynasty guy, like if the Steelers give up two or three first round picks for, for this guy and he sits a year, like, so you stink for a year. Now you have a top five pick and Deshaun Watson coming in 2023. Like it's, it's it, I, the Steelers fans will take that dynasty players will take that. Like, obviously, you know, dynasty players might not get a top five pick, but you should see what I mean. I think it's totally worth it for an NFL team to totally worth it. Like you said, if you can stomach it for a dynasty team. And right now would be the time today or tomorrow morning or something to go. This is where Watson will probably be at his cheapest. If you're looking to do that, um, I'm more inclined to take a shot at him in dynasty than I am in redraft because in redraft, he might not play this year and then he's useless to, to me, but in, in dynasty, um, if you go out and get a guy like, like Deshaun Watson, I wonder what the price is for something like him right now, you know, in, in, um, in a su- super flex draft. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow's a big day for him and, and we'll see, I hope somebody t- t- takes a shot on him because he's just, he's so, so talented and, and, um, and we'll see, we'll, we'll see. Well, in, in dynasty startups, you don't have to go into the first round for Deshaun Watson, but by the weekend, you might. <laughs> so exactly. that kind of de- depends on when your draft is. I mean, Superflex, it's such a different conversation. In, in Superflex, what, having one of those guys, Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Jackson, having one of those guys is such an advantage. And if you don't, you're just always chasing. Maybe Lance and Fields turn into that. Watson is that if he's playing. It's just a matter of of whether he's playing, and eventually he will be. So you want you got to have room for him. Uh, deep enough rosters. Most dynasty formats have, you know, pretty deep rosters. So you should be able to, to have room for him. And he's not on our list, Adam, but we should probably mention Calvin Ridley. And, and yeah. he, this might be sort of a, a, an opportunity, the right opportunity to do that. Cause it's a little bit the same conversation. Uh, do you have a thought on whether or not, like what you would do with Ridley? I have, I don't have some of these other guys like Wentz, but I've got plenty of Calvin Ridley and like minutes after, Good, good for the guy. I mean, it's, it could be annoying. Good for the guy who did it. Minutes after that news the other day, here comes a trade offer for Calvin Ridley. Like somebody, somebody in your league will will take him if you don't want the, the you know the hassle. Yeah, no, I uh, I totally agree. Calvin Ridley, my buddy, and I have a co-owned dynasty team and he traded Ridley away maybe two weeks ago for a second round pick. And I was like, Oh, 
I mean, I thought we could have done, I mean, we probably could have done better than that and all that for Ridley. And I still think we could have done better for Ridley at the time, but, but, you know, he's texting me immediately. I told you, blah, 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 rubbing it in my face. And I'm thrilled now to have, you know, a second round pick this year for him, obviously, but, but, but who knows? I mean, maybe, you know, if people think Ridley's going to be back in, in, in a year, you know, which he probably will be, would you, would you rather have a, a second round dynasty pick this year? Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what team Calvin Ridley ends up on. But that situation's a little bit a little bit goofy. But I think it depends on what type of team you have too. Like if your team's loaded um and you can afford to sit on Calvin Ridley for a year, I would rather have Calvin Ridley than a second round pick this year, than a second round rookie pick th- th- this year. Cause I mean, what do you have a thirty percent chance that guy's gonna pan out to even be anything? And then even less than that that he's gonna be Calvin Ridley. So um yeah, I still like holding Ridley. And if you've got room on your bench, man, go 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 trade for him. But I'm not trading him now because you're not going to you're not going to get anything for him. I, I think I might be more the type to want to trade Ridley away, maybe with a draft pick for a starting receiver right now. That you know isn't going to be top ten or anything like that, probably, but maybe a number two receiver on a decent team. That, that's a trade that sort of makes sense to me. I don't think Ridley has to be a star again in the league. Um, we don't know what he was dealing with last year to lead to his leaving the Falcons. Then you have this, and he'll be 28 before he plays again in the league. Now, that's not so young. So if, so if somebody's what you described just then as having the right appetite for him and the, the right kind of team where – you know, just sort of build for the future in a certain way. It's almost like a draft pick with Ridley. Yep. Then, yep. Um, okay. I mean, I, I don't, I don't feel as confident that he is who we thought he was when we drafted him. What second round last year? You and I, we do that in pros versus Joes. I think was that two twelve or three one pick Ridley and Aaron Jones. Yes. So yep. is he ever that again? You know, there's just. With receivers, you've got all this influx of rookies, Adam. I mean, last year's guys, the year before, this year, this class doesn't get a lot of respect, but you have five or six different receivers who might be the first one picked. And who knows? I mean, you see it getting younger all the time. What what does that mean for Ridley? I I probably would consider myself more pessimistic than the average average player. Sure. So, So the Combine, did the Combine clear up? what the top of the NFL draft will look like. No, I mean, the top of the NFL draft is not going to be skill position players, mostly anyway. It was interesting. I mean, there were, everybody's really fast now from this combine. It's wild, wild. Yeah. Who are a couple of your, the the rookies that you sort of are more focused on post combine? Well, yeah, that was the first thing I noticed too. Like everyone's so fat. And then the stopwatches, the lasers don't work anymore. Like, well, don't tell me that. Like, if I'm going to get LASIK surgery, I don't want to know that the lasers just stop working all of a sudden. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, everybody's really fast now. Bizarre, cr- crazy stuff. I mean, you had a guy like Traylon Burks ran a four five forty, and it seemed slow because everyone, you know, everyone else is blazing. But, uh, but yeah, so you know, in in, in this year specifically in, in, in fantasy, you're looking for the running backs and the receivers, super flex. I guess you look at the quarterbacks, but this year isn't really a quarterback draft. I mean, they're talking about the number one quarterback this year being taken 10th overall, which is, which is pretty low considering. So I was focusing more on the running backs and receivers. And I think the win, one of the winners is Brees Hall. I mean, he, he was a guy that was probably going to be the number one running back taken 
Um, probably the number one running back taken in dynasty drafts too. Uh, he ended up with the second best speed score um, at, at, at 217 pounds, which is, you know, he's, he's getting comped in the, in the size speed range to a guy like, you know, J- Jonathan Taylor. He's, he's not J- Jonathan Taylor. Um, in my, uh, in my opinion, I think Taylor looked a little bit more explosive in college, but it's also his size comps to Rashad Penny and Delvin cook, you know, two guys that have, you know, Penny's been successful when healthy cook, you know, is also gets, gets injured a lot too, but he's, you can see that, that, that talent there. So Brees Hall is a guy that I really was interested in. And I think, I think he won. Yeah, I agree. He is probably the best running back out, out there. You know, running back is so much a function of situation. So when they get into the league, who knows how it will, how it will stack up. And I want to make a point about that later, but I think if I'm drafting today, he's my one Oh one in a rookie draft, the, the receiver's, much more spread out, it seems. People will say the same about running backs, whether it's Walker. But Hall, I think, is the best. The perfect body for the position. And we'll see if he gets that first-round stamp. I mean, that that's a big one. <laughs> With Najee Harris last year or Josh Jacobs in the past, they get that first-round stamp. You know, people will go all in. Edward Solaire, barely. I mean, the last pick of the first round. Barely. As soon as that happened, he was 101. And, you know, looking back... Yeah, I'm thinking about that for later. Um, right. <laughs> Burks, I, I think, you know, fine. Garrett Wilson, fine. You've got a pretty good list of wide receivers. Interesting options. Yeah, interesting, too, about the about the, the fun thing about running backs when they get drafted high in the NFL. It's like they're usually going now in the late 20s if they're getting drafted at all in the first round. And they, so they usually end up on a really good team, which is why I think we all get excited about the the, the, the prospects of, of these guys. Another quick Running back that I liked was Kenny, Kenny Walker. I liked him going in, good speed score, did a good job pass catching. People were worried about that coming out of college. Um, and a loser for running backs is Kyron Williams. Had the worst speed score in, in, in the class. I think everybody kind of knows that. He ran a 4.65 at 194 pounds. You cannot do that at, at the running back position. Uh, Traylon Burks, yeah, I liked him. Um, you know, I heard you guys talking about him last week too, or at least Bulldog was on the show, 6'2", 225. He ran a four five forty, which is fine for six for six two two twenty five. I think it gets overlooked because people, like you said, were flying. Um, he, I think he played seventy percent of his snaps came out of the slot the last two years. So I think he's just a big bodied slot. Reminds me a lot of AJ Brown when when he plays. He looks a lot like AJ Brown. So I think if a team drafts him to put him in the slot, I think that's um, the right thing to, to do. And another receiver that I really like is Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Um, looks great. Had 11, 11 foot four inch broad jump. He's 6'4, ran a 4.36. He cops physically to DJ Chark coming out. So I, and I, I love Chark coming out too. And we'll see what he can do this year again. But, um, but yeah, those were, so those were some of the guys I was looking at. Yeah. I, I get excited sometimes for those FCS guys like uh, Watson, yeah. uh, Pierre Strong. At South Dakota State is another one where, yeah, I in, in terms of dynasty, like I'll, I'll I'll try that. I'll try that. I'll try the guys who don't have. They didn't. I mean, Williams went to Notre Dame, right? Who ran the slow yeah. the slow time? Yes, yeah. And South Dakota State, North Dakota State. Okay, Th- those can be fine pros. So if there's some discount on them in dynasty because they did not play at the highest level, uh, I would take it in general 
Yeah, and I think one of the one of the receivers that I think lost was Wandale Robinson. People were excited to kind of see him. He's explosive. Um, but he he only ran low four only. He only ran low four fours. I think he ran a four 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 forty, but he's five he he uh, measured at five foot eight. And the only five foot eight receiver to really ever hit is Tyreek Hill. So you know, unless you wanna mm-hmm. unless you wanna place your bets on him being the next Tyreek Hill who was paired with, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and and all that stuff. Um, and by the way, Tyreek Hill didn't really break out until he learned to run routes. I mean, that's that was kind of the thing coming out on him is and then he, he learned how to do that and he was sensational. So I'm not gonna bet on a guy like Wandale Robinson because you know there's only one guy to ever do it. So and I'm sick of everyone copying every small fast guy to Tyreek Hill because <laughs> they're just not they're they're not him. So uh so yeah, that was the only real loser at the receiver position that I saw of significance up at the up, up at the top. I appreciate your checking yourself on only four or five. I mean <laughs> That's right. uh, it's it's still pretty fast. I appreciate that. You know, you and I are not Pretty running fast. four fives, or I'm not. And you know, we're, you're talking about LASIK. Is, is LASIK right. on the table? I mean, the glasses are signature elements. That's the sort of our brand. With the, have you ever seen bigger glasses with two I, guys no. at, together? No, no. So, so we, I'm not sure we. Uh, you know, we have to talk about that off air if we're if we're, if we're making that move. <laughs> All right, so. One thing I wanted to, t- to say today and get your opinion on is rookie picks. So the NFL yeah. draft is at the e- very end of April. Today is March 10th. What do we do for the next six weeks? Is the answer necessarily nothing? It can't be. We, we can't just say, <laughs> we, you know, nothing. We, 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 this is supposed to be fun. Dynasty is great because it's year round. I'm not taking March off. You know, I want to I want to be active and try to find good deals. It's just fun to fun to do that anyway. And I think, so I mentioned Edward Solaire a minute ago and it, he, that's a pretty interesting example of we're talking two years ago now how conversations like the one we just had after the combine talking about college careers would have sounded for those running backs and then how it played out in most dynasty rookie drafts which would have been post- NFL draft after he was picked in the first round by Kansas city. Like he is probably the sixth running back in that class right now in terms of dynasty value and not literally everybody, but almost everybody, as soon as he went to Kansas city, he's the guy you have to take first. And he was one Oh one in those rookie drafts, almost always. And then who else are we looking, who are we talking about? Jonathan Taylor, Deandre Swift, JK Dobbins, Akers, Gibson, eventually, like, where yeah. does Edward Solaire rank? He might rank last on that yes. list. So, Adam, does that not teach a lesson about the, the players versus the situations, not just making every decision hinge on the situation and, and being willing to trust the player? Have Place your bets on the guys without knowing – where they're going. And then if you do, if you think of it that way, well, I've got the, you know, rookie pick X, uh, you know, say four in the first round, picking fourth in the first round, but who knows where anybody's going. It'll look very different after the draft. Maybe I just want to wait. I don't think you have to wait. I think you, you could move up or down depending using this sort of this principle that it's, it's the player and take the player for what he is, and, and place your bets accordingly. I, I don't think, you know, 
finding out the, the point is finding out where they're going and then measuring that situation or what we think it is that might be overrated. Yeah, I think that's one specific example. I just remember with the CEH, I really liked him coming out of college. And I was like, oh, he's a guy in rookie drafts that I think I'm going to steal in the mid first round because I really like him. And then to see the Chiefs take him the end of the first round, I was like, oh man, well, there goes, there goes any value. So now I ended up getting sucked into taking him because I, you know, I really liked him. I didn't like him better than the other guys, but like you said, landing spot, it's always like, man, what if the Chiefs took any of those other running backs over CEH? How dominant uh, could they could they be? But yeah, I, I I still think landing spot plays a part. I still think, and again, if you have the one on one, let's like say in the CEH scenario, you had the one on one, and you see CEH is the consensus one on one, and you don't love him, you don't like him, you don't you know you don't think he is. That I, that's the fun thing about dynasty leagues. You can trade back. Trade back and go get your Cam Akers. Trade back and go get your Swift or your Dobbins, you know, and then um, pick up pick up some picks. You know, you're not in Dynasty. You're not forced into taking anybody because you can always trade back or you can always trade 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 up. So, uh, to me, location and um, you know, running back situation on that team is the is is a very important thing. You know, because I mean, look at Devin Singletary for for example. Devin Singletary isn't very good, but at the end of the year, he was getting all the all the touches, all the running back touches. So he was he, he was worth it. If you get a running back that's getting all the touches for that for that team, that's almost as important than how, how talented the running back actually is. You know, so I think that the perfect the perfect harmony. Sometimes I think you had the year where it was it was Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette and Joe Mixon, and they all came out and they were all the number one running backs on their teams. And and I remember looking ahead to that draft going, man, I need to start picking up picks for that draft a year ahead of time because there's three stud running backs coming out. They're all going to be drafted highly. The teams are going to covet them. And I think I was planning on, on picking up picks for, for that year. This year, um, I didn't I didn't see the same type of talent. Now, I don't – I just kind of – it's not that hard to do. You just kind of Google, you know, mock draft for the NFL and see, oh, look, there's not one running back in the first round. So it's not going to be a really big running back year. So – um, but as far as running back picks, what are they? I'm sorry, uh, rookie picks, picks. What are they worth? I think it depends. Like right now, it's funny. Right now, I'm looking at all my dynasty teams going, Oh, what will picks do I have? I'm like, Oh, I don't really don't have that many teams with first round picks. I wish I had some, but then it's like when I'm trading them away, I'm like, I don't really care about these. They're who knows what these players are going to turn into. So I think this time of year, you want rookie picks because you want to dig in and do all, do all the research. But I think re- realistically, I would rather have a sure bet player that i've already seen than an actual rookie pick well i'll just say on the again with the edward Hilaire example tell tell me if this doesn't make sense if you in, in that example thinking about how that played out the draft happens and everybody is hot for ceh what was the play probably trading down if you were willing to yeah. do that, you have to be willing to trade down from 101. It felt like a big advantage. But if you subscribe to this principle that you, you're really more about the players than the situations, or you want to weigh that differently, then I think the inverse would be to trade up now. Not every draft is the same in this way. There might not be clear cut, or there might there might not be sort of a situation that stands out like Najee Harris did, you know, right. being picked in the first round. But I think maybe now the, the person at 101 kind of sees six, seven guys is about the same. And I mean, they're, they're waiting, they're counting on the draft to tell them what to do. 
Right. And right. so if, if I'm in that, that group too, it might be pretty cheap to move up to the top. And then if it happens that the guy I want, say if, if we think Brees Hall is a cut above, if it happens that he gets a team where like the, like the Dolphins or something where you would expect him to play all the time, then, then you've really scored. And if it's not that, and you have a, a, a seemingly third or fourth or fifth ranked guy goes to the perfect situation and in the first round and the team just pushes in on him, then you come back out. And so yep. I think, I, I think right now, if that logic holds up, I feel like there is, there is a point there about moving up. And then of course you'd be willing to move back and somebody in your league goes, why did you do that? And you just tell them because I am a wizard and I, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. The, it's the, it's, the it's five D chess. <laughs> yeah. The, the, if you're looking to trade up, it's definitely cheaper now to go ahead and trade up for sure. So yeah, if that's something that, that you're looking for and if you get the perfect scenario, like I think, I think that could totally work out, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. We'll see if they land in the right, in the, in the right spots. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the NFL draft. I'm looking forward to where Brees Hall lands specifically. I have the second pick in a dynasty draft, Mike. And I'm wondering, talking to you right now, should I go ahead and make the, Make make the call to get up up to number one, just in case Brees Hall lands on the Dolphins. You, you know what I mean. What should you be willing to give up? Like, what's the what's the price to go from two to one? I don't know. I'd give up maybe uh, not much. Not much. I'd give up like a second to move from two to one. If I have any oh, of, those well, of those left, <laughs> I think that's a pretty good offer. I think there that's a pretty good offer. Well, I'm um, I'm gonna. Tell the guy you said that when I send the offer. It it depends on the the attitude of the the person holding one. Like they they might be just like let me just see what happens in the right. draft. Yeah. Um, so that's how it always is, you know. Uh, what would it take to get you to do this right now? Yeah. And you can't can't hurt to ask. That's there right. is there is a limit to how much asking you want to do. I think, oh, you yeah. know, it, just, there are style points here that there's, there's form to consider. And over the course of the off season, it's one of my favorite topics, you know, just like the, the art of the trade and, and when does it sort of cross over into being annoying? You know, these, this kinds of thing, we'll try to help with that. It's just, just our opinions, but it's something I'm always kind of eager to talk about. All right. So I am off to a baseball draft weekend out of state. Like a like a fantasy baseball draft, Saturday and Sunday, AL NL or NL and AL. It's the other order, but still. Wow! Yes. I, wow, you guys, you guys counting on a counting on a season, huh? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not necessarily, but it's a great weekend every year. Yep, we get together in Philadelphia for this weekend every year, and hopefully they play. But um, we've missed it the last couple of years due to, you know, the world. And yep. so everybody's excited to get back there. It'll be our best turnout ever, I think. That's for, right. Uh, hopefully that hopefully none of the wives, hopefully none of the spouses know that there's no baseball yet. Like, wait a minute. You guys are drafting. There's no baseball. What's going on here? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, it, it could turn out badly, but it's still, it's still a fun time. <laughs> still a fun time. So uh, when I see you again Tuesday night for the deep end next week, I'll be back from that. And we'll get into some more high stakes topics and maybe there'll be a lot more news between now and then. Awesome. Thanks for watching everybody. Mike Shope with Adam Krautwurst. Look us up anytime. We'll be happy to answer questions. If you have any, we go Tuesday nights with more of a high stakes focus, the original uh, deep end brand. 
concept. And then yeah. new this year is our Thursday night dynasty show. So I uh, hope you like that too. Thanks for watching tonight and we'll see you next week. See you guys.